When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. They could break here, Chelsea. This could be the moment. Frank Lampard for Chelsea. It's Carvalho to his right. Lampard for the title. Lampard, it's 2-0. It's Chelsea's championship. And 50 years of waiting have come to an end. Lampard comes out to Essien. Hello, welcome to Chelsea Hour. My name is Meads and I'll be your host. I'm joined by the legendary, the infamous Jay. What are you saying, Broski? Yeah, no, nah, I'm all good, brother. All good. Can't complain. It's been a while. It's been a while since we've been on a pod together, so... I'm looking forward to hearing your views because so much has changed, so much has gone on. Um, so yeah, man, we'll, we'll chop up shortly. But um, lastly, but no, not by any means least, Shems, what are you saying, bro? Yo, what's good, bro? Right, man. So and, you know, there, there's so much to get through, so I just want to get into it. Um, like so, as per usual, it's not a busy. It's like it's never not a busy week with Chelsea. Always something happening. Um, this week has been crazy because it feels like we've just had so many outgoings. Um, but there's one place I want to start off with, and it's not really happened yet. But there's obviously talks that Mason Mount recently, this week, I think it was yesterday, has turned down a, a fresh deal and he's not going to be signing a new contract with Chelsea Football Club, a club that he's joined since age of six. Um, Jay, I kind of want to come to you. Um, and kind of get your thoughts on the news, one, and then the reaction to the news um, by the fans. Um, so, yeah, where do, you, where do you stand on the whole Mason Mount to Man United luck? Um, f- for me, the, the Mason Mount stuff, I think like, I've been wanting it to, to end for a while now, man. It's been like, it's been a long time now that this whole Mason Mount kind of going back and forth. It feels like it's been... For ages, I know that the in terms of the actual transfer happening, it's only been for like obviously a few weeks since um, uh, United made it clear that they they wanted to obviously to take him there. But I think even before that, there was links with Arsenal, links with Liverpool, kind of like quite early on. So now I'm just hoping he makes the move ASAP. But I think I think for the club generally, from a from a kind of like a Cobham standpoint, I can see why some people. Like, 
I can see why some people are upset about it. But at the same time, I feel like the divide that that he's brought to the club recently, I just think it's so toxic now that there's just the whole thing needs to just be done. Like, I think it will just benefit the club on a whole if he just goes somewhere else now and then just starts off fresh there, really. Like, that's... I ain't got no no kind of um, qualms with Mace in terms of, like, him as a player. I think he's... I, I just think he's a good player. I don't think he's anything super special, like maybe some other Chelsea fans do. But for me, I think he's just... A, if he'd stayed and, and still been here, let's just say, like, he didn't make the move. He just... To me, he'd just be a good... Like a good squad player because I think eventually Chelsea will raise the level to what we're kind of used to in terms of like what, what we're used to in terms of players, right? So when that happens and we have like top, top players again performing at top, top level, I don't think Mace will be in that bracket of player. I think he'll be like just one of the good players that we have who's a good squad player. Um, yeah. But I don't necessarily think he's a game changer. I don't think he's a disaster if he leaves either. So you know the thing is, I feel like I, I've and I've said this before. I feel like his stock was way above the player and the quality of player that he is, and it's so interesting how he got elevated to that status. And I think Frank Lampard had a big part to play in that. Um, and ultimately, he's become a bit of a martyr for many Chelsea fans. And I just. You're right. There's been a, an air of toxicity surrounding Mason Mount, like to the point of you're not a proper Chelsea fan if you don't support him or like him or rate him. And it's just like the whole notion around that is just very, very toxic. And just, ah, uh, I don't know. But I agree with you fundamentally. I think he's a good player, but he's not someone to lose. And he's not someone that I think, if you want to be a team that is, you know, operating at the top end. I think he could be in a team. I think he could, could be in 11, but is he the main man? Is he the guy that you're involving your team around? Absolutely not. Um, and, yeah, honestly, I, I agree. I'm kind of, like, looking forward to the noise kind of just being done and dusted. You get me? Um, but, Cher, like, where, what are your thoughts on him going to United and, obviously, the news of him saying he's not signing a new deal? Do you have any empathy and understanding um, as far as because I think obviously everyone's calling him a snake, but the environment at Chelsea isn't too great if you think about it. So, um, yeah, like I'm not really on social media as much as I used to be, so I haven't seen everything. But if people are like calling him a snake, then yeah, I kind of do because um, I don't believe that's true simply because obviously Mason Mount, he's used to being, um, like you said, um, he's been elevated to that status whereby he, um, he feels like one of the most important men in the team. Um, and, you know, managers love him, so he's always used um, as one of the main guys. And um, it's been that way for about three years now since he broke into the team, both for club and country. So um, if he's in a position where he's seeing himself, um, he's not really seeing space for him to kind of to play consistently from the beginning and be one of the most important guys, then I can understand why he'd want to leave. Like, I, I completely get that. And also, I completely understand if um, he's not really, um, if the terms don't work for him, if the if the terms that the club offering, um, if the club values him at, at, at X and he values himself at Y, um, that's completely fine. Honestly, that's completely fine. I have no issues. Like I have no grudges um, against him or anyone that wants to leave. Do you know what I mean? 
Uh, I feel like as a football fan, it's you're in, it's, it's bad to kind of be in that place. Um, but yeah, um, I think in terms of the move itself, it's a difficult one because obviously, um, Mount's player that I like, um, I've I've liked him since he's come through, um, and I think he is um, a lot of the good stuff he does is kind of overlooked at times, um, and I think he's a good player with good with good traits. Um, but as you guys said, um, my my whole thing is I think the noise from me is not so much about the, from the fans; it's more so from like the pundits and the people who work in who work in football, who are always like really outraged when he's not on the pitch. Um, I, I take it back to like when Tuchel had his first game, and then um, I think like they were asking him, "Oh, like does he know who his best players are? Why is Mason Mount not playing?" Blah blah blah. And I think that's that's the kind of noise that I'm ready to get away from. Um, so yeah, from that standpoint, um, I'm, I'm actually overall I'm cool. I'm actually cool because um, Mount's a good player. He's not elite. He's not an elite talent. Um, he's not someone that you know can't be replaced. Um, and I think yeah, um, with some of the players coming in, the guys like Nkunku, um, obviously you've got Enzo Fernandez who coming in January. Um, I think these guys these guys are of a high level. So ultimately, I don't think I think once it's all said and done, I don't think um, we'll be losing too much sleep. But best of luck to him. Honestly, because, yeah. Yeah, I, I, man. I and, I, and I feel like the thing is with Mason, and I think something that people aren't taking, well, aren't understanding is that he's a player that's going to navigate quite well to this point. I think, you know, he's taken the, the, the right loans, going to the right environments where he's going to play regularly every time. Um, and I think so far, he's been kind of proven right in terms of his decisions, in terms of just where he feels that he's going to get the most minutes and most time. Now, I don't know about this United move. I, I don't know if it's going to work out well for him. And to be honest, I don't really, not really too fussed, but I do wish him well in his career. Um, I'm sure he's a nice person. I, I like to think he's a nice person, but um, football career is very short. So you can't really be waiting around to make a decision. Um, so yeah, man, all the best to him. I think it's just. I think it's just time to close the chapter. Um, I think as a fan base, we've kind of suffered as a result. Um, and I'm just ready for him to not be the talking point anymore. Cause, and I mean, it will probably spill over for the next season or so. Just, oh, we miss Mason if results don't go our way. But, you know, I, I, I'm just looking forward to that, that chapter being over, if I'm honest. I'm, I'm looking forward to it a lot because it's been very toxic, very tiring. And, um, yeah, quite frankly, I'm quite over it. Um, but yeah, back to other matters. Now, there's been loads of other departures, um, confirmed departures actually, and none other than the legend N'Golo Kante um, left the club after six seasons. Well, no, it's been seven years, N'Golo. He came in 2000. No, it's been yeah, six seasons. Um, what a player. Um, what a signing. It's just been an honour to actually watch N'Golo come to Chelsea and it's, yes, it's, it's bloody hell. Came 2016 17. Jesus. It's been an honor, man. It's been an honor to see one of the greatest players to ever play the game in, his mid, in midfield for us, win the World Cup whilst playing for us, win the Champions League, win two Premier Leagues. It's just, well, one Premier League, I believe it was actually. Um, I just feel like it's just such an amazing career that he's had. And it's just, I just want to pay some homage to him. Um, Jay, obviously you were a big fan of him when he came. 
very, in fact, we found it quite difficult to defend him at times because we're just like, how, how are you not seeing this baller? How are you not understanding what this guy is? You know what I'm saying? Um, but just a few words from you, Jay, on Angola Kante. Yeah, no, nah, um, it's it's annoying the way it's ended, isn't it, for me? Like, because you kind of feel like Kante was meant to be one of them guys. I, I, I suppose you always kind of thought that he might end up going back home to France at some point. But for the majority of his career, like all the way until like right until the end, I thought it was going to be just like Chelsea, like all the way in it. And it kind of has been, if you kind of look at the move that he's finally made, it's it's a move that kind of just sees his career out to the end now. And then he'll probably just be chilling after that. But bro, in terms of what he's achieved since coming to the Premier League in general, like obviously we all know the, the famous um, Leicester win in terms of when they won the league and that and, and his impact then. But then to make the move to Chelsea straight after that and then just prove to everybody like just how good he really is, it was just crazy to watch. And for me, like I made a statement not so long ago and, and people got onto me for it because obviously everybody loves um, Lampard, the player, and in terms of what he's done for the club and everything. But I did say, I think, I think for me, for me personally, I think he's the best midfielder I've ever seen play for our team. Like generally, and the reason it's not, it's not hard to like for me, it's not hard for me. It's bro. Not, I love Lampard, <laughs> I love Lampard, footballer, loved him, loved him. But, bro, 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 on the thing is, and this is what it is, yeah. I've seen Kante in multiple environments, multiple situations, multiple instances where. He's in a dominant team. He's in a not-so-dominant team. He's in a team that is, um, you know, like at Leicester, where, you know, he's an underdog, in an underdog team. I've seen him in multiple environments, and I've seen him excel in every single environment. You get me? I've not seen Frank excel to the level that one, Angola has, and two, in multiple environments. That's not to say Frank didn't do a madness from midfield. Absolutely did. Top goal scorer at, uh, for Chelsea... And that record probably isn't going to be broken for a long time until we get a serious striker. But, yeah, Frank, Frank is amazing, amazing career. But I just don't think it even, I just don't, I don't think his, his prime and his, his amazingness, and don't get me wrong, he gave second in the Footballer um, of the Year awards. But, bro, I think N'Golo is a, a complete one-off. Do you get what I'm saying? A complete one-off. And he's, he will go down. And his career will go down one of the best careers and one of the best footballing stories you'll ever see. Like, it's insane what's happened for N'Golo Kante. Insane. But go on, bro. Sorry to cut you off. No, can you hear me? Yeah, we can hear you. The reason why I said that, yeah, the, the reason why I said that is because, like, I just think when you look at midfielders and you look at kind of, like, the impact that they bring to your team... And it's not often you look at defensive mid, yeah. Well, not, well he, we all know he's a box-to-box, but like one of his main strengths was what he could do like off the ball defensively, innit? And he was great on the ball as well, but in terms of what he did off the ball, it was just out of this world, innit? But I just think to myself, like when, when I used to see him on the pitch, the confidence I used to have to beat teams, even when I knew we weren't even in our best way certain times. I, I had that feeling with a lot of midfielders because I, I didn't really watch... Frank Lampard and have that same feeling like that. I knew he, I knew we could get a goal from Lampard or whatever. Do you know what I mean? But 
Kante, for me, he just raises the level so high. He takes oh, you, he takes your confidence in in your team to a different stratosphere, bro. Like in terms of that's how good he is. I completely agree. Completely. So, so, so that's why for me, I've just like, I think watching over the years, like just watching him play and then watching what he did in that final. Like sometimes I look back at that City final. And then even games that really don't even matter too tough. Like, I don't know if you don't remember the Super Cup against Liverpool, where he... Sensational. He, Sensational. He just absolutely, like, was just levels above, so, like, every single player on the pitch. And he's done it so many times. And I just think, I just ain't got enough, like, good words to say about Kante in terms of just his attitude to, towards the game. Um, managers come and go, and he's just, he, he's exactly the same. His commitment stays the same. His level when he's fit, do you know what I mean? Like, it's just nothing really drops with Kante. The only way you were going to get rid of him is literally how it's ended. And that was wear and tear, bro. That that was literally the only way you were going to see Kante kind of, you know, kind of fall off. And yeah, for me, yeah, he's he's just an insane player. And I'm so glad we got to have him for the years we did. I, 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 I hear it. I hear it. Sorry to jump in. I hear it. But... I don't know, man. I just feel like the I feel like the status Lampard elevated himself was just too high. Like I just I, I find it very very hard to touch him personally. Um, I hear you, yeah, because he 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 done some ridiculous yeah, things. Like, it's, like, 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 it's not even just the, it's not even just the goals. It's kind of like the role. Cause I feel like the role he played in us in like in all of the title wins that we had when he was in the team was yeah, fair, was very was important. Like I don't remember a title win where he wasn't critical to. Um, Champions League again, Champions League win. He was part of the, you know, so similar to Kante, he was raising it for big games. I feel like Lampard was was doing that for, 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 for virtually from the start to the finish of his Chelsea career. I, I, don't, disagree. Um, I don't disagree. But um, yeah, yeah, it's, I, I hear it, I hear it. But I think I think I think I have to I think I have to go with Lampard personally. Do, do you know what it is, Shems? Yeah, I just feel like when when you haven't got. It's not like, yeah, like I will say like he hasn't got it in his locker because we all know Kante's not going to go and score you 10, 15 goals a season. But when you're not doing that kind of stuff, yeah, and you're not getting like, you know, 10, 15 assists, it's very hard to still be the player yeah, that still point. elevates your team to that good ridiculous point. level. Yeah, yeah, and, the yeah. fact, and the fact that he does that from mm. the position he is and the role that he plays in the team, that's why I think he's, exactly. he's ridiculous. And Do you get what I mean? That's exactly it. Because at no, the same time, at the same time, sorry, meets quickly. Sorry, at the same time. Just don't get, just don't get twisted. Frank Lampard's performances at times for us sensational. 0405, clearly our best player in my opinion. Like after Robin, like Robin was obviously like injury prone type guy, but I think Frank Lampard for me was easy one of our best players and easy one of our most consistent performers. That being said, yeah. I think Lampard was a player that was uh, extremely high level, but amongst players that were also extremely high level. I think what made the thing so crazy with Kante is that he'd be on a pitch with extremely high level players, but be the guy. Despite the fact he's not scoring the goals, creating the goals, he will be the guy. Like He will be the difference maker. I think that Champions League win against Man City, he was the difference maker. Don't get it twisted. Kai had a fantastic performance. I think the entire team were fantastic. But N'Golo Kante, from both sides of the pitch, was insane. Like, that level of performance, yeah, very rarely replicated in a, in, a, in a final, in a Champions League final. 
that was a special, stunning performance, you get it? And I feel like, as good as Frank was in 2012, it was a back-to-the-wall job, you know what I'm saying? It weren't like, he weren't really, for me, Frank weren't imposing this game on that match. He was part of the team. Yeah, he dug in, but he weren't imposing his will. Kante imposed his will on City, and he dominated City. You know what I'm trying to say? Like, ugh, just... Yeah, I I think it's important to remember that 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 2012 game was towards the twilight of Lampard's career, but yeah, no, no, I definitely do hear you. Definitely, I definitely do hear you. I think I think everything you said on Kante is valid to be fair. Um, so yeah, yeah, I can't, I can't, I can't be too mad. But... Yeah, no, I listen. I'm not gonna. I won't begrudge anyone that says that Lampard's a very seven midfielder. I won't begrudge them because you know, like he's got more than a case to be claimed that. You know what I'm saying? There's more than a case for Frank to be claimed that. And I, again, I won't get onto anyone for having that view. But I just feel like just what Kante's done in such a short space of time, but such a consistent level when he's available. I think even like this season, for example, whilst he wasn't really available for most of the season, when he played for us, like there was a clear, clear increase in the level. Clear increase in the level. And, oh man, it's just crazy. It's it's absolutely crazy what a player he is, what a player he was for us. And honestly, just just grateful to, to obviously see him have his best years at Chelsea. You know, very, very grateful because those sort of things rarely ever happen to us or for us. Um, but I guess move on to a couple of other departures. Um, Hakim Ziyech is linked with a move, an £8 million move to Saudi Arabia, as well as um, Kula Bali. I think that's, the Kula Bali one's a little bit disappointing because I think, obviously, he came to us with a big reputation as being one of the best defenders in the world. Um, and I feel like we're kind of cutting the cutting the strings like a bit early, um, and at the end of the day, it's not worked out because I think he's had whilst he had some good performances, he had also had some really shaky ones. Um, it's not worked out, but I also think we might be moving a little bit too hastily in terms of getting rid of him. But I understand the club have to raise money, but I just I don't. Part of me feels like we might be missing the trick in getting rid of him, to be honest. But what what do you think, Shems, about Kudabadi? I know you like you were initially a fan and then you dropped him out. So I, I, I kind of want to know what you feel about the deal. Um, yeah, I, I actually agree with you, you know. Um, I think I, I would have liked to seen him um, given another season um, because he does have some really good traits. Like his passing is phenomenal. Um, he's quick, strong, you know, and I think he's a leader. He's he's a after Thiago Silva, he's easily like our most experienced in the back line. I don't know if you count Aspilicueta, but you know, as someone that's going to lead in the centre of the of, of the of the defence, he's like he's seen it all, isn't he? Um, vastly experienced. Um, but yeah, I was very his performances were very disappointing this season. Um, I feel like obviously with everyone. Um, coming off the season, you you kind of take it with a pinch of salt because of the mess that was the season. But um, yeah, he came and he, he, I I was I thought this was the most guaranteed signing. Um, but in terms of the Saudi one, yeah, I, I do think it's a bit weird because again, um, Kulubali's thirty one, he's got so many years ahead of him, um, which is why um, another reason why um, I would have liked to see us giving him another season. But um, given the circumstances of the club in terms of the amount of players we have. Um, FFP, all of that. Um, it's I. I can't have too many complaints to get. Um, but yeah, ultimately, out of all of them, him and Mendy, like 
probably more so Koulibaly. Um, I'm a bit like, ah, oh, like you know, it's a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit, it's a bit annoying to see it end this way, like yeah. so fast. But yeah, yeah the, the Mendy one we'll touch on a little bit later on because I'm I'm somewhat disappointed at how it's kind of ended for for Mendy. Um, but yeah, we'll touch on that a little bit later on. Um, Jay, what's your thoughts on the Koulibaly? Um, I haven't really got your thoughts on Koulibaly, to be honest. Um, um, with Koulibaly, I was, I was a bit disappointed with, with how, that, how that's gone, to be fair, because I think I was one of the first ones with so much chess to be like, oh, like Koulibaly's going to be like an upgrade to Rudiger and all of this. And I was like, I was proper confident he was going to come in and kind of show the level that he'd shown in the past, obviously in Italy and that. Obviously, there was still the the, the kind of the jump to be made from from Syria to, to the Premier League, but I thought he was gonna, I thought he was gonna hit the ground running. To be honest, and after the Tottenham game, it looked promising. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, like, he, he, played, he, did, he did hit the ground running, and then yeah. he had the game against Leeds, and then it kind of fell apart. Yeah, exactly. That and that game against Leeds, I remember watching it, thinking, oh, you know what? It's Leeds. Sometimes you have these games where they just come out and they're just they're mad, like, you know, they're buzzing and they're, they're proper, like, they work hard and all that. I thought to myself, you know what, it's just one game. But then it it started, like, there, there was a good few games where he just kind of done similar things, you know what I mean? Like, same kind of, same kind of mistakes. And I didn't, I didn't um, blast him for it because I just thought to myself, you know what, he's just, he's adapting to the league at the end of the day. Doesn't matter what age you are when you come over, sometimes you do just need that that first season to kind of get used to 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 everything in the league and he's come and he's come to the league as well where a lot of teams have got quality now do you know what i mean like it's not like um before where you could come from like a if you if you did come from like a spain or a italy and you played those lower teams you'd probably get by okay do you know what i mean but now you you're playing leeds and fulham and that and they they got players bro they got some players that can hurt you so yeah, it's, it was tough for him this season. And obviously him going now at this point, I, I think if we, were in, if we were in any other situation, I don't think he goes. But um, we'll talk about obviously the owners later and, what, and what's been going on. But the situation that we've been in, that we find ourselves in this summer, is, is, is probably a large part of the reason why he's gone as well. Do you know what I mean? So... Um, I think Colwell's also made that probably a little bit of a like I think that's he's he's kind of forced the issue as well with with Koulibaly, um going as well so early. Um, Badiashil being signed in January. There's a there's a there's a quite a few factors as to why Koulibaly's ended up going so soon. To be honest, I don't think it's just down to to the way he's played this season, but given his age. Um, given his age and and probably the wages that he's on and all the finances and that involved, that's that's ultimately why he's he's ended up going so early. But I do wish it would it, it have gone different for him though. Yeah, same. I mean, it's like <clears throat> I feel like just the way that the club has changed so dramatically. Um, I think he's been a symptom. Uh, it's been, he's been a victim of uh, of that situation, to be honest. Um, and like you know me, last season before we even bought 
que le ballet. I was saying, look, I'm calm, I'm calm, cold, you know. I'm calm, cold, you know. People aren't hearing it. People aren't hearing it. I'm like, listen, I'm very good with Cole just being, the, you know, the left centre back, like getting, getting a decent run. You know, it doesn't have to be him, like, but I'm happy with him getting time. You know what I mean? Because of develop play, whatever. Cool. That didn't transpire. Obviously, Tuchel didn't think that Cole was quite ready for that level, and that's a fair uh, reservation to have because he never really saw him. You know what I'm saying? He was very focused on building a. Um, building the present rather than looking towards the future, which um, I think probably was a bit of an oversight for him um, because as much as I love Tuchel, I think his talent ID can be somewhat questionable. Um, so Colwell for me was an easy an easy win, but it is what it is. Obviously, Koulibaly was not sad at that transfer at all. Loved the player, loved him for a long time. Um, and I just feel like if you think about Rudiger's first season, if you think about Rudiger in general, pre, pre-Tuchel, really, and truthfully, if we're being honest, he was a player that was much maligned by our fans, by opposition fans, and then he just had that one manager and ultimately that kind of instilled a bit of discipline and understanding. I felt like for the first time in his career, Rudiger felt understood and seen. Did you get it? And that plays a big part in a, in a player's development. Um, and that can happen at any time in their career. And I just feel like Koulibaly coming for Tuchel, only playing with him for a few games and getting sacked, I think you're obviously going to see a bit of a destabilisation in performances with um, with certain players. Um, and that kind of what transpired across the squad, ultimately. Um, so it's hard for me to really judge Koulibaly on the season. And in fact, it's hard for me to judge any player, really and truthfully, on this season because it's been such a shambles. Um, but I guess I still wish him all the best. Obviously, football's um, a, a sport where your career is very young. It's a very small career, like eight to nine years at the top max, if you're a top, top player, eight to nine years at the top level. And obviously, once you're done with football, your money's done, like you're, you're done. So yeah, I, I can see why people are trying to get that generational wealth in Saudi Arabia. So, I mean, it's fair enough. I'm not going to grudge them and I feel like when players feel that they're at a point where they can no longer win um, the major honours or they've already done it, they're probably going to call time and say, you know what, the money is there I've got to look out for my family, my next generation and I respect it, so here's what it is, Kudabali's 31 he didn't really win the championships and the titles that he, I think he could have done uh, in, in Europe, but it is what it is, we, we move on um, but yeah, I guess I want to touch on Edward Mendy and it kind of follows suit, you know. Mendy and um, Koulibaly are very good friends. Um, so I can see why they're probably going to Saudi together. But Mendy's career is kind of a little bit of a different trajectory to, to someone like Koulibaly. Um, Shems, how do you feel about Mendy going to Saudi Arabia? I think he's about 31, 32. Um, can you understand it? I think I, I kind of can. Um, but how are you... How do you feel about Mendy leaving? I know you're you're a bit up and down with Mendy, um, but yeah, how how are you feeling about the, the Mendy um, move? No, no. Generally, I was quite positive about Mendy. I, I liked Mendy a lot, and I and I didn't believe um, that he should have been dropped as harshly as he as he was. 
Um, a lot of people said that after Afcon, you know, which was true, he's formed a dip, but I didn't think it warranted him being exiled the way he was. So I was always kind of in that corner. I was always in Mendy's corner. But I think, I again, um, the Saudi Arabia move, I think, yeah, a little. Obviously, there's the financial side, which I understand. But um, again, Mendy, so, and I still feel like can play um, at, at the top level. Um, I feel like the the... The, the period at Chelsea where he was on form um, was phenomenal. And I feel like he really showed what he was about. Like, I think people forget that Petr Cech um, identified him. And I think Petr Cech identifying him, it's not a small thing. You know what I mean? So it's, it's, it's quite a big deal because Cech, you know, Cech's done this thing and he, he's, got, he's, got, he's got the eye for it. Um, and Mendy showed he was world-class. He was literally world-class for what? About a year? Um, he was absolutely world-class. Um, so, yeah, and I feel like, I feel like, he can rediscover that form and and still play at the top level. So I was a bit a bit disappointed to see him go Saudi because now it's like, yeah, that's it. Feel, it feels like that's it. It fe- that's what it feels like until like proven otherwise with the league. We don't know what's going to happen in, in the next few years with that league. For now, it just feels like if players are going there, it feels like that's it. So yeah, that was a bit disappointing. Um, just purely because the trajectory that Mendy was on when he came to Chelsea was was yeah it was phenomenal. Um, so yeah, that one again, another disappointing one that I'm a bit sad at. And ultimately, um, the fact that we still that Kepa's going to be our number one goalkeeper next season that makes it that makes me even more upset because I don't think Kepa's better than Mendy. So yeah, it's, that's there's that. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? So yeah, it's, it's it's disappointing all round for me. It's insane, and I mean like the fact that Kepa's been able to allowed to have multiple redemption arcs. I mean that's fine. He's been allowed to have multiple redemption arms. Well. Mendy's barely had one. I find that a little bit unsettling. I don't like it. Um, I don't like it at all. And that's not to say that Kepa isn't allowed a redemption arc. But I think Mendy is too. Um, but again, it's been, he's, a, he's, a, he's a victim as a result of the major changes of ownership. And I don't understand how Kepa's still here. I thought Kepa would have been moved on. But it is what it is. Obviously... There's biases that, that play its part. Um, that being said, Kepa had a decent season last season. Um, wouldn't say amazing, but decent season. Um, so I can see why his stock's a bit higher and hence why they, they want to kind of scale Mindy and move, move one of them on. Um, and I guess Hakim Ziyech, lastly, um, one of the big disappointing transfers of the 2020 season uh, 2020-2021 season. I mean, it's not. It's been quite unfortunate. I can't lie. I mean, don't get it twisted. Like ZH is super frustrating, super frustrating. But I think like every time that he had a bit of momentum, he get an injury. Whether that's on the front line part, on the two call, and it was just super frustrating. And ultimately, I don't think the three four three suited him. Um, and then by the time Potter came around, like. He was over it. Everyone was over him. And I think, like, this move to Saudi Arabia is, like, kind of a bittersweet ending to Hakim Ziyech because he came with so much promise, so much energy was surrounded about, uh, surrounding his signing. Um, but Jay, like, obviously you weren't a big fan of him. Initially you were, but um, I guess a couple of words on Hakim Ziyech. Yeah... <laughs> Bro, like he was one of the ones I was most excited about in that in that window that we had, to be honest. And then he come, and uh, I think 
obviously he started off with Lampard, didn't it? And and Lampard was playing him in that right wing role. Um, he started off all right, but then, like you said, I think you know, change of manager that was massive for him in terms of Ziyech is definitely one of them players that you you kind of need to let him play through the bad patches. I know it sounds mad, but like you just there's certain players that sometimes, as a manager. I think when you get to know Ziyech, you you kind of um, you kind of you, you when you see him have a bad game, you don't you don't react to it the way you would to some other players because you kind of you kind of know that with Ziyech, you, you're going to have these games where some of the stuff he's trying is just not coming off, but he's also good enough and and his technical ability is is so high in terms of the level the level that he can get to and the level that he can show you when he's on the pitch with that left foot of his is like, it's so high. And even when he's had like some stinkers, he's still left the pitch with like two or three big chances created. Like it's crazy watching him sometimes because he'll have the, the, the maddest game where it's so, so poor. But he's left the pitch with like probably creating two of the best chances on, in the game. So it's like, it's weird with Ziyech. But I do I do agree like with with you when you said the injuries, the injuries, um, kind of messed him up as well. I remember just before, was it the Super Cup where he got that shoulder injury? I think he got a shoulder injury in the Super yeah, Cup. Yeah, the, the game he scored. Yeah, Super and, Cup. And he, he was, um, I remember that preseason. I went to one of the, the, the preseason games. I think we played Tottenham and Ziyech was amazing in that game. Like, um, Havertz and Werner up he front. Was insane, bro. He yeah. Was insane. <laughs> <laughs> and I thought to myself, I was like, I even, I remember tweeting, I was like, bro, I was like, Mason Mark might be in trouble, you know, if ZH can't wow. keep playing like this. And then, lo and behold, he gets injured in, in the Super Cup and that was it. And then he lost the momentum again and then he just found it hard to kind of, to kind of find it. And even when he did, he would just get injured again anyway. So, yeah, it's it's been unfortunate for ZH on, on, in a lot of different ways, but, um, yeah, I think it, it is a good ending for him. I think I don't really know where else he would have gone to. You know, I think that there was a little bit of um, talk about Ten Hag maybe being interested in him at one point, but you know they end up getting Anthony and that just dies out. So I, I don't know where he really would have gone after after us, to, to be honest. Yeah, it's a bit. Um, it's a tricky one. It's a tricky one. So I guess you're right. This ending is a good one for him, making good money, see out the rest of his career in a, you know, in an Arab nation. So I get it. You know what I mean? I get it. Um, but I guess the big transfer scoop that's going on with Chelsea right now in terms of outgoings is Kai Havertz to, well, to Arsenal, it seems. Um, look, Kai Havertz is another player that is um, much talked about at Chelsea. And I feel like He's had a legendary moment at the club, and I think you know he he'll always be remembered for such an iconic moment. Um, that night on the 29th of, of uh, May 2021. Now, I feel like he's very very misunderstood as a player, extremely misunderstood, and I feel like going to an environment like Arsenal where they have a set principle of play, he's going to be played in in that left eight position where I've always felt that he could and should be playing. Um, it's going to be very interesting to see how the narrative around Kai Havertz changes. But I just want to kind of get your thoughts, Jay. Um, and we'll go on to Shem's because obviously Shem, we talked about Kai Havertz at length. But 
Jay, where, where do you stand on this transfer? I know people are talking about the money and people saying it's a good deal, but there's been plenty of instances in the past where Chelsea have got money for players and they thought, yeah, that's a great bit of business. And then long-term down the line, they're like, you know what? Why did we sell them? Um, I can peel off a lot of names, but where, where do you stand on this? Because I know you love the chopping block. So I kind of want to get your thoughts. Too. Yeah, nah, see... My my thing is that my my um it's funny because like if you look on the TL, it's like it would sound conflicting like from what I'm about to say now because it's like I think a lot of people see it and they're like they think I'm happy that certain players are gone but it's not really that for me in terms of when the players are leaving it's more to do with just the situation of the club and what we need to do to just get back to to winning ways and and to the best possible state as a club. And there's just things that we're going to need to do that are going to result in certain heads rolling. Do you get what I'm saying? And, and Kai Havertz is, is one of them guys. Mount is one of them guys. There's there's a few more that we've even just t- talked about that we, we don't really think is fair that they should be leaving so soon in like Kulabali and, and Mendy. And it's it's unfortunate. There's a few players I like there. And and one of one of them is definitely Kai Havertz. Like I'm a massive fan of Kai. And, I, and for, for me, I think it's not a thing where I'm celebrating him leaving because I do think he's a good player and I do and I do feel that he hasn't been in the best situation at Chelsea. Um, I think off the bat, I think the first season I said straight away, I was like, Lampard don't have a clue how to use him or Werner. But both of them. You don't have a clue how to use both of them when, he, when, they, when, they, when they came. Um, so that was, straight away, that was already a, like a bad start. Um then the whole pandemic thing happens and it's kind of like on and off and, you know, rotation, rotation galore. Like, it's just, when I think about the start of the of, of his career for Chelsea, I don't really see it as one that was kind of like smooth sailing for him, just in terms of even being on the pitch. It was just, it was really poor. And then uh, even after the Champions League, when he had that little good run towards the end, where he was finding a little bit of momentum in that force nine role, role he developed a little bit of a partnership with Mason Mount. Obviously, we, we win the Champions League. And then straight away, the first thing we do is rather than maybe make him the project up top, first thing we do is splash 100 million on Lukaku. Boom. Straight away, if I'm a player and I'm Kai Havertz, I'm thinking, you know what? That end of the season was great for me. Now, maybe they're going to put their hat on me and say, all right, cool, I'm going to trust this guy. Maybe they thought, oh, like Kai and Lukaku is going to be a thing. Maybe not, but to me it was just it looked to me a bit like a little bit like a kick in the teeth, in it, like because you just kind of just basically said, you know what, we don't really trust you to lead the line up there, even though you had a good end to the season. We're still going to go and get somebody, and then that ended up being a rotation thing as well. It was like Lukaku at the start, then when he was injured, we played Kai, then. You know, there was a couple of times they played together and then eventually it was just like Lukaku just not good enough. Let's just play Kai. And it's like we're always we're always looking to Kai when we when yeah, we Yeah, we're always running. falling back on him. Always yeah. falling back on Kai. I, I, and I feel and I feel like there, there, there was a lot of times we, we did that. But then to to be fair as well, uh, like I'm not gonna be completely biased towards like me liking Kai versus as a player. I do think as well there's times where I've watched Kai and, and He's also let me down a bit as well. Like I, I watch Kai and I think to myself, bro, you, you, you're just so much better than this. 
Like you're so much better. And there's been games where I've watched it and 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 I have thought that as well. And um at the same time, it's not it's not um surprising because how old was Kai when we bought him? I think Kai was what, twenty one or something like that? Twenty. Yeah, he was twenty when he came. Quite young. So like I, because we bought him for big money, I think a lot of people forget that that development part as well. Um, a lot of people threw that. A lot of people threw that out the window. They they just, I don't think they even really. I I, I rarely heard people talking about the importance of Kyle developing as a player and his coaches right. and, and stuff right. like that. I mean, so, he, he turned twenty four a couple of days ago. Like people are completely forgetting his age, and I think because he's been through so much at Chelsea. Um, People are definitely forgetting that. I think from the very inception, like you said, that they weren't really talking about his development. They were talking about he was bought for seventy-five million pounds. He must deliver now. You get what I'm saying? And boy, and the but in yeah. the end, but I think that development along the way was was missed. You get what I'm saying? Yeah, that's what I was just about to say. Like when you think about development, right? If you look at what we did with Kai, I don't really think throughout the years we were we were kind of going down a pathway where we were trying to develop him throughout every year. We were just kind of like giving him these like new assignments. Do you know what I mean? Like, but it was, it was more to, to cover up mistakes rather than this is your assignment to develop as a player. It was more, this is your assignment to get us out of the shit or this is your assignment because we don't have a player to do this. Or this is your assignment because we spent a hundred million on the coffee. Like he ended up doing things and adapting his game for reasons that weren't necessarily always beneficial to him and improving his game. Do you get what I'm saying? It was more to do with the club and what we wanted and, and off the back of actions that we'd, you know, decisions that we'd made. So in, in, in regards to that, that's where, where as a player, I'd feel a little bit let down because as good as Tuchel is a manager and as good as he is a coach, I, I, like even with Tuchel, I don't think he had because there was so much going on. With, like even when he comes in, he comes in and he and he takes the team from Lampard. We're ninth, and he's got a, you know he's got to focus on winning now and all of that kind of stuff. I don't even think he had really he, he really had time for projects. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah. So how does he really? How does he really? How does he really? Um, you know, turn to Kai and think to himself, all right, cool, I'm gonna. This is my project. I'm going to focus on him straight. Like even the Lukaku move t- tells you that. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, like, it tells you that. So I don't know, man. Like the, personally, for me, as bad as Potter was, Potter was the first manager I think came in and actually looked at Kai and said, "You know what? I I want to try and work with this guy and see yeah. if I can get one out of him." Do you know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? And that's the last manager we had, bro. Like that's this season. The season just gone. So. I'm not sure, man. I, like the money, the money thing is always good. Obviously, if you can get a good fee for a player when he goes, but um, there's every chance that he could bang for Arsenal. <laughs> and I've told people already, like he could easily double his tally at Arsenal if he if he plays in that final third and and he's up top there. The fluid attack and chances below. Yeah, he misses a few, but he he'll definitely bang. He'll bang for them. I think. So, sorry to cut you, but I think I think I think you mentioned a good point there an important point about the, the fee and stuff. And I think the context of the sell, I think, I think it works for Chelsea, honestly. I really do. Um, I think when you look at all the factors in terms of like, obviously to shift players um, and we look at Kai Havertz himself in terms of him 
Um, he's just been a bit of a, a mystery kind of at Chelsea. There's always been a conversation about, ah, oh, like, why is Kai performing like this? Or, like, what's where do we play Kai? Or, um, you know, Kai, Kai was bad today or he was phenomenal. You know, you know what I'm saying? There's always, like, a, a, a mystery kind of around him. Mm. Um, and I feel like to get that amount of money, um, that, that amount of return on a signing that, that really didn't hit the heights. I think I think it works for Chelsea, honestly. I really do. And um and look, I, I, I fully agree in terms of there's there's every chance that at Arsenal in that in that number eight position he could literally transform um and really flourish. Um but for me that that's not to say that the decision wasn't right. I I feel like the, this this decision is correct in terms of like letting him go um, letting him get a fresh start. It's right for him, not only not only for Chelsea, also for him. But I feel like, yeah, at 65 million, it's just, I think it's just too good to turn down. And when you consider, like I said at the top of the pod, that we've got kind of players coming in, um, like I said, someone like Nkunku, we don't even, we don't, we, we're not too clued up on um, how he's going to settle and stuff. But if he goes on to hit the heights or if he goes on to settle um, imminently, like pretty quickly, then you know, we'll, we'll be laughing, kind of. You, you know, you know what? Saying. So there is, that, you know, there is that side of the coin. There is that side of the coin for Chelsea. Yeah, you know what, Shams? The one thing I will say is that Kai going, and this is the part I was talking about where I'm, like, happy about, you know, when, the, like, the, obviously the numbers are going out and that, because equally, when me and me just talked about, like, consistency and, and Kai being able to play in the same, like, the same position and, uh, you know, develop that consistency, getting those consistent minutes, I want that for Nkunku as well when he comes to play. Like when he when he starts next season with 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 Poch and that, like I don't want it to be a thing where he has to start in a similar way that that Kai did, where he's right wing, you know, striker, because he because he can play in. All, it's funny because he can play in all the positions that Kai can play. Like he, they could easily do the same thing to him. They could put him up top. They could put him right wing, left wing, number ten, number eight. Before you know it, we're saying this. We're saying the exact same thing about Nkunku that we are about Kai. You know what I'm saying? Because of the same kind of reason. So yeah, it's true. That's why I'm happy that Kai has left to go and play somewhere else. Because now, hopefully, you know, fingers crossed, we don't make the same mistake. Because if we like, it's it's just going to be ridiculously stupid if we sell somebody like Kai, <laughs> who's who's basically got like you know. Like I said, he can he can do kind of like similar things to what Nkunku can in terms of the positions played, and then we make the same we make the exact same mistake. It'll, it'll be typical Chelsea to do though. It'd be typical Chelsea. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I, I feel like that's gonna potentially happen because I think already people are talking about Nkunku like he's a striker. I think he's being misprofiled mm. by fans already. Um, I'm hoping that obviously Poch has a plan um, for him. Yeah, the talk around Broya, the talk around Broya, and um, and obviously Jackson. Like for me, like the thing is, for me, the names don't really matter to me. I'm right now. I'm looking at just players, kind of like in the right positions that that benefit them most in terms of so that they can get consistency. So if it's Broya and Jackson that we're relying on, cool. Like people might not like the names. They might not like you know the fact that they're not proven or whatever. Like I don't really care. I just know that they're strikers, isn't it? So play them, play them, play them striker. Simple. Don't you? You got strikers. Yeah, just play I, them there. And I think, and I think the tweet, the tweet you made earlier, I, I, I agreed with fully in terms of, 
you know, the fact that he is looking at a striker, so be it Jackson or whatever, um, it shows that, you know, hopefully we won't go that, down the same road with Nkunku because um, if you've got your nine in there, then obviously he's going to play um, probably in behind, either in that left position or in the number 10 role, which is where, you know, he's best. He's either best kind of behind or as a partner to a striker. So I think um, what you said in terms of getting that striker in, um, that that's that's key because then it shows that, okay, cool, at least it, it kind of gives a guide for how Nkuku is going to be used. So um, hopefully, because I do agree with what you said, it, 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 we could be in a situation where the same thing happens, um, the same thing happens to Havertz, happens to Nkuku. So hopefully that kind of takes us away from that path, you know. Um, but yeah, we'll see. It's going to be interesting. I feel like, obviously, Kai... Big fan of Kai. Um, like I said, I think he's been misprofiled and misunderstood. And I think everyone's looking at Nkunku like he's he's going to be this complete upgrade. And I feel like he potentially could be. But I wouldn't bet my life on it because Chelsea, as you can see, has probably gone times 10 under Bowley that things can change so quickly, quicker than they did under Roman. And people want their shiny new toys, so it, it 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 wouldn't surprise me if the love for Nkunku and the excitement for Nkunku could fade very very rapidly if it doesn't bang out real quick. You know what I'm saying? So it's interesting, man. It's very very interesting. A lot of things that are changing at Chelsea. Obviously, you've spent sixty five million pounds to acquire Strasbourg. Um, what what are your thoughts on that? And what are your thoughts on the multi club model? Because I'm trying to understand why people are so excited by it, if I'm being completely honest. Um, it, again, it just seems like Chelsea Chelsea fans love acquisitions, but I'm trying to see why they're so excited about the idea of Chelsea Chelsea's owners owning multiple clubs. I'm trying to understand that idea. Jay, maybe you can shed some light on it. To be honest, I don't I don't know exactly what their their end goal is with the multi club thing, but um, like I'd assume from from what I've heard and read, I think it's to do with a lot of this, you know, young kind of theme that they're going with with the the young talent and you know maybe maybe trying to make a plan so that it's not something where we are hoarding the players for too long and maybe decisions get made a little bit quicker in regards to is this player going to be a Chelsea player you know if it looks like he is we'll keep him if not like after a couple seasons you know once 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 they've seen what the player can do or whatever then then they sell them because I'm not going to be I'm not going to be naive and say I'm not going to be naive and say that some of this is not about making money because it clearly is do you know what I mean like it's it most definitely is like there's no way you do all of this um just just to get talent into the first team do you know what I'm saying yeah and I feel like when people when people say hoarding players but aren't you essentially hoarding players by buying them for Strasbourg yeah 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 initially you are but I think like it's it's also to do with like how long you have them for. Like you know, obviously we've seen our our own club like have players for six, seven seasons. You know what I mean? And really, realistically, after two seasons, three seasons, you should kind of know whether that person, that player, is going to be, you know, getting a pathway into the first team, 
whether the coach likes that player in terms of, you know, or the club in general believe in that player and, and think, we, you know, we can't lose him or you move him on. I don't think it takes seven seasons to work that out or six seasons. So realistically, you get a player at 17, I don't know, 16, 17, you, 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 you either bring him to get game time at Chelsea and if, there, if there's not enough spots available, then I'd, I'd assume he goes somewhere like Strasbourg, for example, plays there for a season and then, you know, the whole world kind of gets to see what he does if he is a player that kind of lights up the league or whatever. So, I don't know, man. I, I honestly don't know exactly how it's going to go, but I'd assume that... I, I don't really see how how what other ways it can go. Do you know what I mean? That's the only kind of logical thinking I could come up with at the moment. To be honest. Yeah, it's hard, man, because I'm not, not, not too clued up on all this um, club model stuff. But what, the one thing I'll say is, you know, obviously Todd. I think from the from the get go, uh, it's been clear that he's trying to be transformative uh, and bring his um, uh, baseball, major league baseball ideas, and you know all of that sort of stuff over. I remember there was a Chelsea fan um, who was interviewed on Sky Sports when Todd was coming, when he was being a, um, when he was being chosen as a Chelsea owner, and he was saying he was excited that you know Todd because he watches a lot of baseball and the way that they run things over there is like a million miles ahead of what we do over here and stuff like that. So he was excited, um, which I thought was interesting. So yeah, like I think, I think it's always been on the agenda. That's one thing I would say. I think something like this, something transformative like this has always been on the agenda. Um, how it will benefit Chelsea, I have no idea, to be honest with you. We just have to wait and see and look into it. But one thing I will say is that it wouldn't surprise me if like, if it does start a trend, do you know what I'm saying? Because I feel like I feel like he does have ideas. Do you know what I mean? And I don't feel like all of them are totally crap, um, to be honest with you. So it wouldn't surprise me if it started like a trend. Um, but we just have to wait and see how it goes. It could it could be it could be like utterly like useless and like we don't hear about anything yeah. about it. But it could also go the other way in terms of like, oh, like clubs look at it and be like, you know what, this is sick. Like we're gonna jump yeah, on too. Same way, same yeah. way, sorry, same way, sorry, like people are kind of jealous of us like having those Saudi connections. But yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you, you can go. I was just going to say, well, everyone, everyone's saying that it would start a trend, but Manchester City already have a multi-club model. And I don't see them that's buying true. players. Yeah, that's true. I don't see them buying players from their foreign assets or the foreign clubs. Like, yeah. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to understand why in this case it would be so spectacular for Chelsea. I, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Do, do you know what, do you know what else it could, I, I don't know, like, what, um, if it's even possible, like, but, um, it might be just another way also to kind of tap into maybe to kind of like tap into like the the league as well. So like the league that they're in. So obviously Strasbourg are in League One, um, League are in it. So for example, if he's got, we, we've got like five directors, right? You'd assume that a couple of those directors and the reason why he got so many in the first place was because they always knew that they were going to go down this route where they had, the whole multi-club model. Because I do think there's probably going to be someone like a Vivelle or someone like that working on this part of of the club, to get what I'm saying, in terms of this relationship with Strasbourg now and that. So I think it might also have something to do with maybe having like more connections and stuff like that down in these d- different parts of the world. and Because, like, for example, they're trying to get something going in Portugal as well, right? I think yeah. I, I read yeah, that today. Yeah, yeah, so it's like 
you know, it might be a thing where they're trying to be the the first on the scene. Because I think Strasbourg have got a good, uh, they've got a good history in terms of academy as well. I might be wrong, but I think I read that they, they're meant to be decent with that kind of stuff as well. So young French talent um, could easily come through and Chelsea could be like one of the first teams to kind of get the opportunity to see that talent. The only thing I say about this is, um, it's all well and good being there. Chelsea have always kind of been in and around the young talent. Like, we've always been in and around it. Like, some mm-hmm. people like Neil Bath make sure that happens anyway. Mm-hmm. But but our, our, um, our hurdle as a club is, is um, for example, right now we have Santos, we have Carney, we have Casede, yeah? We have all these guys. Mm-hmm. I need to know, I'll know this season and possibly next season if we've turned a corner in terms of learning our lesson about not just being there and seeing that, you know, these young these young talents and bringing them to the club, but actually having a plan for them and, and believing in them and that. Because I said, like, you can, anybody can see young talent and buy them or whatever, but, but not everybody believes in that talent. Do you get what I'm saying? And, and, we we seem to have an issue with that. We 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 it's very easy for us to buy them. We we that's not that's not that's never an issue. Or bring them or bring them through for a couple of games or whatever. Cut mm-hmm. FA Cup or League Cup, whatever it may be. But when it's time to really trust them, I don't think we've turned that corner yet. And we mm-hmm. proved it again with Colwell, like the season just gone, and everybody wanted to have a meltdown about why he loves Brighton so much. And now you you you've seen why. Like the team believes in him, innit? And you need to understand that, as, like as fans, fans need to understand that players are always going to respect the club that believes in them first. Like at, when when it's risky, when it's risky, and like not believing in them because you like to play them in a league cup, that's not believing in the talent like the way they want you to. They're talking about play me in the league, you know, ten fifteen games, show that you believe in me proper at the highest level. Where there's risk, because that's that's where they're gonna that's, that's where they're gonna respect you. That's mm-hmm. why Colwell respects Brighton. So, yeah, we we need to see what the plan is with with this young talent. Like you know, you have got this kid Pires, for example. People are talking about him like he's meant to be the like he's meant to be up there, up there with with young talent. So it's like again, it's gonna mean nothing if we don't trust them. You know, in the early stages because. Waiting until they're 24, 25 just ain't it, bro. Like, it's just the, connection, the connection will already be broken and yeah. people then wonder why they're not loyal to us. But I think that's probably the best way to end it, I guess. Um, typical, very busy, busy podcast, a lot to discuss. And then I'm sure the same will be said next week um, because it's, it's never a, a quiet week for Chelsea Football Club. But um, yeah, we'll catch you guys same time next week. Um, Shems, Jay, appreciate your time. Appreciate you coming on, and we'll we'll catch you guys next week. Peace. Sports Social Podcast Network.